Welcome to the 2019 Duffy Awards. I am your host, Mark Titus. With me is my co-host, Tate Frazier. It's here. The Duffy Awards. The Duffies are here. That's what I was going to say. We, we finally are brought to you by the friends of the program, Tate. Mm. I want to I personally thank, um, to, a, to a person, just everyone call me and I will personally, uh, well, Tate, what, what's Kyle's number? Let's, let's give him Kyle's number and have him call that. Um, I want to thank all the fans uh, for, for following us all season. Uh, it makes it so much more fun. I know I kind of did a sign off at the end of the last podcast, but I wanted to, to officially say thank you to everyone listening. Um, our reward for you is the Duffy Awards, which last year, this was my favorite podcast that we did last year mm-hmm. where we, we gave out all of our awards um, and we, we just kind of recapped the entire season, put a nice little bow on it, Tate. Uh, that's what we're going to do today. And we're also going to talk. We, we have two acceptance speeches that happened in the Duffy Awards. And if... If you kind of have been following the podcast for a while, you probably can guess who they're going to be. Um, and if you haven't, you might be surprised, or maybe I don't know. You 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 might be some degree of surprised. Um, but there are two people, and they are big names, and we were very very excited to talk to them and to hear them accept their Duffy Awards. So that's all. I'll leave at that. We'll leave it at that. And we also should say that uh, we have. Going through the Duffy Awards, getting all of these categories together, basically working with the Academy to see who will be yeah. nominated, who will actually win. We don't know who's going to win. We don't know who's going to win. We only have That's envelopes, so we're going to open the envelopes. We will, we will yep. be just as shocked as you are. Obviously, yep. this is live to tape, but uh, as you're listening, we will be uh, in shock and awe, and I cannot wait for all things Duffy, because here it comes. Well, let's get to it. But first, Woody Durham. Hey, thanks for From Hollywood, California, in the Ringers Podcast Studio Number Two, it's one shining podcast second annual Duffy Awards. Celebrating excellence in college basketball, tonight we will highlight the shiniest moments of the year, featuring. Zion Williamson's exploding sneaker. You're a national champion, University of Virginia men's basketball team. Coach K and the Mike Krzyzewski dancers. My big fat Greek Patino. Zion Williamson's possible weight problem. Matthew McConaughey finally wearing a shirt. That annoying little critter, Alma Mater! John Rothstein murdering critters! Zion! 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 Tom is a pointing his finger! Jim Beheim pissing his pants! That soul sucking succubus, Sister Jean! And more! Zion! Now, welcome your host for the evening, Mark Titus and Tate Frazier. Welcome to the 2019 Duffy Awards. I am your host, Mark Titus. With me is my co-host, Tate Frazier. Tate, it is time. It is the award show that the people cannot get enough of. It is the Duffies, the second annual Duffy Awards. We have how many how many categories we have here? Let me count them up. We have fourteen awards to give out today. Um, there, it, it it covers the whole gamut of mm-hmm. of what you could possibly want to talk about in college basketball. Going into this awards season, uh, what what is on your mind? Where is your mind at? What are, what are, what are some of the people at home can, can keep an eye on? Well, the whole entire year we kept saying to ourselves, this is the Zion Williamson year. Everything mm, goes back yes. to Zion Williamson. And then as we work through the NCAA tournament, of course, the Duffies and the Academy, they are not done. They let things play out before they make decisions. As it played out, the redemption story, the comeback story mm-hmm. of the Cavaliers, the cardiac Cavaliers, as they are now being deemed and called, uh, pay homage, I guess, to the Valvano years. In the 80s, we're talking about 84 a lot, 85 a lot, the modern time of college basketball. Mm-hmm. And now it's all about Virginia. So the Duffies in the Academy, it'll be, interesting. it'll be interesting to see if they have shifted the way that they think as far as handing out these awards. Are they still right. going to give the credit to Zion like we've seen the Naismith do uh, and a lot of other awards? Every single other award basically in college basketball decided to stick with Zion. The Academy here, the Duffy Academy, uh, we will see if they follow suit now, or uh, if they go Virginia and change some things Folks, up. as a reminder, the, the Duffies are awards for the entire season. And not just the entire season, 
the entire year. Yes. So this goes all calendar. the way back yes. to last April. Um, there, there, there are some some people eligible all the way back for a full calendar year. So it will be interesting. What what Duke had our attention for longer, but mm-hmm. Virginia obviously won the title, had a great story. There's a lot of uh, people be, clamoring for God's happen. plan to see if God's plan yes. will be involved in this. And we should point out God's plan came out in the calendar of last year's Duffy's Award. Mm-hmm. So they, they were, that was February 2018 when we saw did you see God's a, Plan come out. Did you see today that, uh, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, so uh, today God's Plan was overtaken by uh, Old Town Road. Old the Country. remix, what, yes. what, What's the song? Old, Old Town Road, Road with Old Billy Con- Ray Cyrus, yes, the uh, Aki Ricky Hearts. And streaming, and then it's 69 set, like, million streams for Drake. Yeah, God's like the plan. whole. I'm reading the whole thing. I'm like, we well, are definitely limited, living in a simulation. That, yeah, that, this is the race of '69, which that is looked like a tweet that was manufactured just for you and I. That was coined this calendar year, so that will be up in, in Ooh, consideration. The race of '69. Yes, the Academy okay. is agreeing right now. Yes, uh, consideration for race '69 will be uh, a part of this Duffy Award. So excited to see that. Um, I mean, you just thinking about being Condoleezza Rice, someone you may have thought was in last year's Duffy race. No, mm-hmm. she's in this year's Duffy race. All right, in fact, she, she might just be in every Duffy race at this for, point. Uh, a lot, of Rick, a lot of Rick Pitino overlap as well. Yes. He, he was nominated for a lot of Duffy's last year. Going to be nominated for some tonight. The Shabruder um, film, uh, we broke down the Louisville yes. Duke comeback. That's something to keep an eye on. I think that's something that will pop up in the world. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to get into it. Let's just, let's, uh, they're, they're, people listening have to put their kids to bed at some point. They want to get this thing going. So let's, let's just do it. Let's start with our very first category tonight is the off-court story of the year. Now, last year, this, this was an award won by the FBI uh, mm. for all things... FBI investigations, um, and it, it was one of the most decisive wins we've ever seen in Duffy history. So uh, the FBI is not eligible for this one. Uh, the, the, they, they, or they are eligible, but they were not nominated. I, that's the first thing that stands out to me. Let's get to the nomination state. Okay, so the first nominee that we have for off-court story of the year, Rick Pitino's social life in Greece. Mm. First nominee there. Uh, we have Tennessee's basketball team getting Admiral Schofield to play Catan, and then them playing Catan as a team and carrying Catan with them. Like uh, it was their version of LeBron's Godfather book where like they just have to be seen mm-hmm. carrying Catan. So the all things Tennessee Catan. Tennessee Catan. Next up we have Condoleezza Rice and her quest to save college basketball mm-hmm. with the Rice Commission. We have Will Wade and Sean Miller being subpoenaed. Mm. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, so the, the FBI, FBI not involved, yeah. but subpoenas will be mm-hmm. involved. Something to keep an eye on there. Next up, we have the UCLA coaching search. Which is, is it done? Did they, is that really true? They hired Mick Cronin? The cronies are saying yes. They hired Mick Cronin. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, just say that, that going into the season, I did not expect the, the words Virginia won the national championship and Mick Cronin was hired at UCLA to ever come out of my mouth. In 2018, if someone came up to you while we were sitting in front of UCLA and said to you, you're watching the Cincinnati basketball game, that coach right there, Mick Cronin, is going to be the coach of UCLA the next calendar year. I think minus five, there's no way I would have taken that bet. I uh, I don't want to say I don't like to hire. I just, if I was making a list of coaches who would be horrible Horrible fit at UCLA. <laughs> I think Mick Cronin would be very close to the top of that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but g- great coach. Otherwise. Bob Huggins is probably number one. I hate it. Yeah, I, I his style of play does not fit UCLA. His demeanor does not fit UCLA. His existence does not fit his UCLA. attitude. His yes. attitude. Everything about yes. it. There's literally nothing about the guy that I look at and I see. I mean, he. But, he, you, but, but you forget Mick Cronin, tall guy in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He's gonna get, we're going to get a picture of him with his arm around Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise comes up to his tits and he's just like, yes. Um, all right, back to the nominees. Uh, will Zion come back from injury? He, he, that was a big story this year. Um, so that is one of the nominees. The entire media landscape uh, turned on that one. Next up, we got Skechers going after Nike and Adidas, something yes. that uh, a lot of people didn't expect, but Skechers not Adidas, afraid to back down. For Adidas is for the Dennis Smith thing, right? Yes. They, they're the ones who tried to... They, they, they claimed it was what? It was a $40,000, right. so they Pointed that and out, then yes. the Nike was when Zion's shoe exploded, and they put out an ad saying like this would never happen to they us. They said, "Please, like Paul George, sign with Skechers." Yes. And he said, "Who?" Uh, moving on, the NCA allowing alcohol at the Final Four. Ooh, as two men who uh, benefited from that. Thank yeah. you so much, NCAA. It's a great off-court. Finally, story. thinking of someone else. Next up, we have Tom Izzo putting a finger in Aaron Henry's face, which is you would say that's on the court because the finger happened on the court, but it wasn't the about story. The, it wasn't was about the, the finger. The story was off the court. Of the yet. story was so off the, the court. The academy is asking that we that we point out the differentiation yep. there. So yeah, that's to do why that. that one fits in there. That's like the, uh, the the them throwing the the comedy and the musical and the whatever else like all in this one category. Mm-hmm. You know when they do that, you're mm-hmm. like, how the hell is this show and this show putting the same they category. just called it dramedy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, moving on. 
John Rostein killing a mouse with a recycling bin. Who could forget this story when Seth Davis tweeted that in the CBS newsroom, a mouse was loose, and then John Rostein grabbed a recycling bin and, and just killed the mouse. Uh, huge story in college basketball. People cannot stop talking about it. He's basically the white knight of CBS. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're saying. Uh, next up, we have Furman being ranked uh, and also the military school controversy Big behind, controversy. behind yeah. Furman and as someone who was a party to this, the, <laughs> the Academy, I would like to appreciate them for bringing this up. Congrats on uh, being nominated. Thanks too. so much. Uh, I'm happy to be here in Furman. I mean, come on. Maybe we, maybe we add a military branch to the school. We still do at this not point, have an You should be a military school. Or is it a military school? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, and finally, our final nominee is is Zion Fat. The 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 debate that raged on. Uh, I we, starting I, back in August. I yeah, mean, it was something that a lot a of while. people argued about. So those are your nominees for off court story of the year. And the Duffy goes too. Oh my! Will Zion come back from injury? Mm. Oh, an upset. A little bit, yeah. I would say so, but it was. It kind of was the biggest story, though. Um, I mean, this was the thing that got like everybody that wasn't watching college basketball to pay attention and have to offer up a take. And um, and here, here's what I would do. And it's like, well, you have, do you even know anyone else's name on Duke other than Zion Williamson? It's like, no. But here's what I would do. Here's how he should feel about the situation. They say R.J. Reddish. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, uh, not quite. So, anyways, yeah, it was an existential crisis. You had to decide where you stood in the world of college basketball. And then it turns out that Zion Williamson said, "I never considered sitting out, right. and I was always going to come back." It's, it, it was, yeah. So that's why it was pointless and great, and that's why I won. I guess according that's to the why, Academy, off court story of the year. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it makes for a pretty good off court story. It had to. It kind of. The off-court story of the year had to go to Zion. I think. I mean, he was the, he he dominated all the off-court discussions. So uh, and on-court discussions, it's basically every discussion. And so it comes back to what was the academy going to prioritize? Right through one Zion through Williamson. one. It's Duke. Yeah, yes. we're we're seeing we're seeing that. I, we'll see if a trend uh, happens. Which we'll move on to the next category. Tate. This yes. is the comeback of the year, and the nominees include. Sean Miller's recruiting, number one recruiting class after getting decimated by the FBI. He, he now has the number one, led by uh, Nico Mannion. Nico Mannion coming in. Uh, next up, we have Stony Brook down 22-0 to zero to start a game uh, versus George Washington. Ended up winning that game 77-74. to Great comeback. My guy Jeff Bulls now coaching at Ohio University. Down 22 nothing, Tate, and they came back to win. Mm. Uh, our third comeback of the year is Rick Pitino in Greece. Uh, so just Rick Pitino in general. A lot of, a lot of coming and backing uh, for Rick Pitino. Um he has resurrected his career, his life, his relationship with John Gonzalez. Uh, hell of a comeback for that guy. He, he came out of retirement. People forget that he retired this year. Um, he made it clear. He goes on every in front of every camera and says, I, "I'm definitely done coaching basketball." And then the 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 pole of a of a country with legal prostitution was too much to overcome, and he said, "I would like to go to Greece and spend my time in Greece and enjoy my Christmas time yeah, and uh, all go. all that family time I will spend over in Greece." Uh, next up, we got Duke Louisville, the Schabruder film. Uh, yeah, this is Shashesky, the, the Sh- oh, Sh- Schabruder okay. film. So uh, this is basically us breaking down how Duke. Uh, could come back from such a large deficit on the road at Louisville. I think they ended up being down twenty two points. Two points. Yes. And the second half, mm. and they came back to beat Louisville. Pretty good comeback. Uh, also nominated is Virginia's redemption story, coming back and winning the title after uh, losing to a 16 seed. People forget that, that they did lose to a 16 seed last year. And they made and it they happen. won the national championship. That's a pretty good comeback. Uh, next up, we have Iowa's tie against Tennessee and then eventual mm, loss. Great comeback. <laughs> it's a great comeback, though. They got to the point where they could have won the game. They go to overtime. Tennessee finds a way to win. They 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 lost the game in, some, in, in a literal sense, but mm. in a figurative sense... They also probably lost the game, but that comeback was very good and very impressive. So congratulations to Iowa on that one. Uh, also nominated, Tom Izzo's Mr. March label is back. and in The back, Academy wants to correct this. Tom Izzo starring as Mr. March. Starring as <laughs> he is now back to being Mr. March. And not Mr. April. No, um, no, Definitely no, 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 not no, no, Mr. No. April. Never Mr. April. Uh, and then the final nominee in this category for comeback of the year, Jay Wright losing in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Mm. Congratulations, good Coach have, Wright. Good to have that You're back. version of Jay Wright back. All right, those are your nominees, and the Duffy goes too. Wow. It's got to be Izzo, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Duke's comeback at Louisville. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> wow. Very, some, I mean, people, some people are very upset with the Academy right now. So Jim Cunningham, we, our producer, going crazy for the Academy. Now, we did do a whole episode devoted to this. So I, I guess it should Maybe be that big Maybe it's the K Academy. The Academy likes being a part. Yeah, this is, this is the uh, Academy spelled with a K. Yes, yes. Yeah. They, this is not good. Man, wow. So that, there you go. That's a, a, a win for Duke. We, we are seeing, you brought it up. We're, we uh, What are we going to see from the Academy? A lot of Duke 
favoritism, and it's turning out. To it, be it's the looking case. like they may have put these votes in before the final four. They may be Mr. Marches mm. themselves. Uh, and also, I want to put on comeback of the year. TV Teddy was our comeback of the year last year, and uh, TV Teddy is stronger than ever. I mean, I think a lot of people forgot that he ever even left. So uh, just just yeah. just wanted to point out what it means to be comeback of the year. You can keep things going because TV Teddy is doing and, and is basically thriving Ted at Valentine. every single level. Yeah, yes. he retired last year when he when Joel Berry broke his heart. And yes, then, uh, when he did the the full turnaround, and he retired for two days and then yes. came back and the Rick Pitino of refing. Yes. All right, moving on to our third category, we have the cult hero of the year. Today, mm-hmm. last year won by Sister Jean, of course. Who could ever forget that uh, uh, display of being a cult hero? Unbelievable, one for the ages. Um, she is not nominated this year. She she is not going to defend her Duffy. Here are your nominees. Mm. Brad Calipari. Uh, just all things Brad Calipari. He he wore a turtleneck on the sidelines. He would stream his Fortnite games on Twitch. He got into a beef with me. He took a red shirt. Uh, a lot of a lot of Brad Calipari stuff going on this year. He has been nominated for Colt Hero of the Year. He is basically God's plan as a person. Next up, we have Jim Beheim pissing his pants while beating the number one team in the nation on the road. That number one team happened to be Duke. Mm. Jim Beheim never, nor, never denied that he pissed his pants. Uh, there's a chance that he... Definitely pissed his pants. He and definitely it, pissed his pants. He definitely pissed his pants. So, uh, Cole of the Year, Jim Beheim doing that, coaching through adversity, and getting a win on the road. It's, uh, yeah, he, he he pissed his pants while beating the number one team in the country. It's incredible. It's uh, it's No one can tell you shit when you're doing that. It's, it's like almost like he was, was just an alpha move. They can't like, tell you shit, but they can tell you piss. piss. <laughs> uh, third, we have Jimmy Dyke's country music career. Who could forget? Uh, pl- pl- play the song. Let's just play a little bit. Let's, let's remind the people. All right, there it is. Rocking little heartbeat. Uh, Jimmy Dykes, thank you for telling the world, uh, explaining to the world that you once recorded this song so we could find it. Um, and I'm, work. and then we're hearing from the Academy, there will be a re-remix of mm. Old Town Road. Jimmy Dykes will now be on that <laughs> remix with Billy Ray Cyrus. They have cut out Little Nas X and now it's the two of them talking about their achy, breaky hearts. Next up, the Academy has nominated Alaskan Calipari. Mm. And for those that don't know, Mark Few called out. Is that out. Brad's brother or cousin? <laughs> or? I believe it's someone in the Calipari fan. Oh, yes, it is. It is Coach Calipari, a man that uh, who was challenged by Mark Few, uh, Gonzaga's own Mark Few, Mark Few, to say that he wouldn't last very long in Alaska. Little did he know that Coach Calipari watches all of the Alaskan shows, mm-hmm. adores Which Alaska, yes, yeah. and wants to be a, a wilderness expert like Bear Grylls and go up to Alaska. I watched Grey's Anatomy, ipso facto, I could do brain surgery. Yes, you are a surgeon. Uh, Another nominee is The Race to 69, mm. All Things 69 here on One Shining Podcast. Uh, the Race to 69 had its, its it became a meme created by Tate. Uh, it, 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 it really took off this year and it culminated with a 68 68 tie heading into overtime that was broken by Virginia in the national championship game. And then Virginia went on to win the national championship. So The Race to 69. Was on the the it, it was on a, a, the brightest stage in college basketball. And some will say uh, that the race doesn't always work out. Well, that is not the rule of sixty nine. It is the race to sixty nine. And sometimes yeah. those who get off first will win. Sometimes mm-hmm. those who don't will not. We saw mm-hmm. that early in the season with Tennessee Kansas going to an overtime game. Right. Tennessee gets off but still loses. But we learned that Tennessee sometimes it just they break they do their own thing. They have their own rules. Next up, the Academy is nominated John ja Morant, Colt Hero. Colt Hero, yeah. This is this Plato is an interesting Zion pick because usually Colt yes. heroes are like the guys who aren't as good or, or just kind of have something quirky about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't know what the academy was thinking here. Maybe like I guess everyone loved him, but no one actually watched him play because he was playing at Murray State and his games weren't on TV that much. Maybe that's it. That that there was this aura of John Morant, even though. No one could really explain it because he didn't really see him play. He just kind of saw the highlights. Um, I don't know. It's I an interesting, interesting nomination. It's it's similar to me last year when we had Swaggy Pool, where a lot of people just saw the shot against Houston and mm. they saw a couple highlights of Michigan as they were making their run. Right. So they decided who Swaggy Pool was. They didn't watch much during the year. So we'll, we'll do it in the same vein as that. Uh, another nominee is Bill Walton uh, for eating his the, the lit cupcake live on the air when Dave Pesh told him to do it, and he just did it. Um, it was a, a great moment in Bill Walton history, so uh, he's been nominated for Colt Hero of the Year. Another great moment in Bill Walton history. Uh, a baggage claim with us as we flew back yeah, from the Final Four. He was uh, a baggage claim, yes. He did not notice us. He was on the same flight as us. He yeah, didn't say anything. That was cool. Uh, next up, the Academy is nominated Mo Williams for going to a concession stand at Pepperdine and getting a hot dog at halftime of a game. And again, uh, Mo Williams on staff with Mark Godfrey, Jim Herrick. Uh, we were at that game. Mm-hmm. At halftime, Mo Williams, uh, a man of the people, goes over to the concession stand. An assistant coach at Cal State Northridge stood in line during halftime. Behind us. Behind us to get a hot dog. To get a hot dog and then chat with us while and eating then, said hot dog. 
during halftime. Cold Hero. Of a Division One basketball game. Mo Williams. Great move. Uh, we also have, no, the Academy has nominated for Cold Hero of the Year. The guy who had the perfect bracket through the Sweet 16, and then his bracket fell apart, and he finished in only like the 90th percentile, and he didn't even win his pool. Um, but through the six, Sweet 16, had a perfect bracket, which was like unheard of and has never been done before. Um, so Smile because that guy. it happened. Yeah. Congrats to that guy who, who got to do a bunch of interviews for like one day. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, next up, we got Matthew McConaughey as Minister of Culture for Texas. We saw him on the Kansas State bench. He was getting in the huddles. He was basically calling plays for mm, Soccer, Soccer Smart. Yep. Um, and he was wearing a burnt orange blazer mm-hmm. and basically became a caricature of himself as if he was in We Are Marshall and became We Are Texas. Mm-hmm. And he probably, at this point, may be a better coach uh, for the Texas Longhorns. Uh, we also have nominated Mac McClung. Um, I'm not really sure we need to elaborate <laughs> on that one. I think everyone knows why Mac McClung has been nominated. Uh, rumor started he was Riff Raff's cousin. Mm. Uh, we, we still don't know. No one. I'm going to start sure. a rumor right here, <laughs> just because Jim's in the room. He is Tristan Jass's cousin. Ooh, prove me wrong. T Jass. Mm. I like it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. The Academy approves. Jim approves. Uh, Mac McClung nominated, and then the final nominee that we have in this category for Cold Hero, Lavelle Moton, head mm-hmm. coach of the NC Central Eagles. Uh, he put out a quote, uh, a tweet, in response to them saying that uh, NC Central would be scared to play Zion. They had no chance to play Zion because they lost in the first mm-hmm. four. But he said, I fear God, not man. Love it. Uh, didn't he also, after Virginia won, he tweeted like, We did, will win a, we national, will win a championship. national championship. Yes. I love it. I, I made the same promise to Chicago State, and they didn't hire me. So um, I, I'm glad to see someone. Coach Moton, make it happen. All right, so those are your Colt Hero of the Year nominees. And the Duffy goes too. Oh, man, I'm nervous. Mac, no, hold on. Oh, I read that wrong. Matt, it's Matthew McConaughey as the Minister of Culture for Texas. Good this, for good for him. The, wow. The, the all, right, all right, all right. Everyone said the reconnaissance was done, but uh, it's obviously not. He he has added a Duffy to his his mantle. Uh, this is this is big for him. Have this you ever, is big? Have you ever seen the movie Surfer Dude? I have not. Surfer, comma dude. It's uh, it's Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey is playing a professional surfer living no. in Malibu. Uh, for anyone that wants to enjoy themselves, and and I think Matthew McConaughey should honestly watch Surfer Dude to celebrate his Duffy Award. So uh, congratulations, McConaughey, Minister of Culture at Texas, and now a cult hero and a Duffy winner. There we go. And this is exciting stuff. Wow, I can't believe it didn't. I'm go shocked. To some, I thought Mac McClung I, I, was a lock. I, I can't believe it didn't go to some somebody having something to do with Duke. Uh, moving right along, we have. Uh, our fourth category, the bag drop of the year. This was last year, won by Zion Williamson. Uh, huge, huge news when Zion Williamson committed to Duke. Um, the nominees for bag drop of this year, of 2019, the last calendar year, are the following: Romeo Langford to Indiana, which uh, you know this, this is a this is a case of the calendar situation. Tate he was technically for this he played this year, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, he committed so late in the process it was after last year's Duffy, so that falls into. This year's bag drop of the and year. And the bag drop is not even about production at some level. It's about the the stir and mm-hmm. about what it does. And so the, you're saying this is the fa- he's the favorite probably? I'm saying Romeo Langford. When it okay. happened, we thought that Indiana basketball was back. Yeah. I put it out to the world while it we were in Bloomington. Be. Kyle Guy, back. one most outstanding player. Yeah, Indiana the state, <laughs> not the college. Carson Edwards was playing well, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah happening. So in the, the tournament. So Indiana's back. You know, weird. Um, yeah. The, the, he's, he's the first nominee, though. Romeo Langford, die you. The next nominee that we have for bag drop of the year, Isaiah Stewart to Washington. Five-star big man. Five-star big man. Gonna Mike go to Hopkins Washington. getting it done. We this saw Mike a, this was a big story. at the Final Four coming yeah. to support his guys out there. Uh, we have James Wiseman to Memphis. Mm. Uh, Penny Hardaway makes it getting it done on uh, immediately. How did that happen? Who, who knows? How did that possibly happen? How could that have happened? How could that have happened? That Penny Hardaway just becomes the coach and immediately lands the number how one. Did, how country. did Toby Smith not get him to go to High Point? It's I don't know. I don't know it's how crazy. that worked out. We'll figure it out. Uh, next up, next nominee, we have Anthony Edwards going to Georgia. Uh, this obviously is a, a guy that compared himself to Dwayne Wade, mm-hmm. a guy that compared himself to Victor Lodipo, and ze- therefore he's going to play for uh, Dwayne Wade's bench buddy last night in his last game in the NBA. What buddy? His bench buddy. Are, can you enunciate <laughs> that better? What'd you say? Bench. Okay, gotcha. Buddy. All right. Bench, buddy, <laughs> two words. Uh, sitting on the bench with him last night in his final home game in Brooklyn. That is, of course, the coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, mm. Mr. Tom Crean. Tom Crean gets Anthony Edwards to go to Georgia. Big bag drop there. Uh, another nominee for bag drop of the year is Texas A&M getting Buzz Williams to come mm. to his alma mater. That's not actually his alma mater, but uh, we're gonna pay you. We're gonna pay you so much fucking money that you're going to pretend like this is your alma mater, and you can sell it as though it is your alma mater, and we won't. We won't make the story that you're just taking a ton of money. I could e- I could easily just yeah. be someone up in stands right there pulling yeah. for these guys. Yep. That's the Buzz Williams. Yep. And then the final nominee for bag drop of the year, 
is the NCAA giving student mm. athletes free Wi-Fi. Is that allowed? I don't know. Oh, wow, they gave the students free Wi-Fi. That's, that's a big bag drive. That's my pick. Mm. That's got to be the win. Mm. Let's see what the Academy says, though. Yes. And the Duffy goes to... Oh, no. Romeo Langford to Indiana. Wow. Not a, you know, not a, not a pick that... Um, ultimately worked out in the way we thought it was going to when he committed. But as you said, I think the hoopla around it is probably what factored into this decision. The bag drop has nothing to do with stats. Right. Like, this is the one thing that we can do in this program where we can cut out the stats nerds. You know right. what I mean? This is about what you were valued at, what the evaluation is amongst the recruiting circles, right. and then you deciding to go to a program that's sort of out, a little bit out there, a little shocking. Hold on, what are you saying? <laughs> Indiana shocking for the Indiana Mr. Basketball to go to Indiana? I mean... Unbelievable. Um, yeah, no, the, the hoopla, right? Romeo Langford was one of the, maybe the biggest recruit in Indiana history, just in terms of the hoopla for a lot of reasons. Wasn't, he wasn't the best player. Uh, I don't think anyone thought he was the best player in Indiana history, but, um, but you needed the optics, but he had the, yeah, it was the optics Indiana. of Archie taking over of yes. him being a Mr. Basketball, dragging out his recruitment for a long time. Um, and Vanderbilt a, being the, what most people thought that he would go to Vanderbilt, right. uh, you know, and, and go down with shimmy and all those other guys. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, Bryce true, no longer there. There it is. Romeo Langford, congratulations. You did not make the NCAA tournament, but you did win a Duffy. So uh, who's the real winner here? Uh, moving on to my favorite category in, of all the Duffies. This is one that was famously won by Mark Schleybach last year for his coverage of the Sean Miller wiretaps. Release the tapes, Mark. Please release the tapes. Um, it is the excellence in journalism, Duffy. This is the most competitive field we have every single year, and this year is no different. Your nominees are... Whoever started the rumor that Riff Raff is Mac McClung's cousin. And, Jim Cunningham, for and sure. It was definitely Jim Cunningham. And <laughs> and perpetuated that rumor for like months and months and months. And then it we come to find out that they've probably never even actually met. It was definitely Riff Raff that put that out to <laughs> yeah, the world. Right, Riff, right. Riff Raff wanted to be Mac McClung's cousin, so we're glad that that worked out. Uh, the next nomination for excellence in journalism, Kyle Guy's letters to himself on Facebook. You don't remember mm. this. Kyle Guy wrote letters to himself after the loss at UMBC, promising that the Virginia Cavaliers would make a run. Promising they would win the national championship and he would get fouled in the final four game (laughs) at the buzzer, but then make three free. It was crazy. Such a specific letter. He nailed it. And people were wondering why we believe in time machines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it could have uh, happened. No, it was an awesome, awesome letters. He he wrote about like his struggles with anxiety and yes. just kind of all of emotions. It was it was really it was really cool to read it in the moment. And then Tate they went out they went out and won the national championship. And now it's just like I, I said on the podcast like during the tournament. This is the Tim Tebow thing mm. where it's like well, you will not see a quarterback yeah. try harder. Like mm-hmm. they should they should frame this these letters and put them all over. Uh, was it John Paul Jones Arena? Is that what they call it? Yes. JPJ? JPJ. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, congrats to Kyle Guy nominated for uh, for that. Moving on, uh, Rick Pitino's entire media empire he created. The book that he wrote, the podcast he started, Sports. 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 Uh, the Twitter account, the Petuitos, um, just all the journalism Rick Pitino was doing. We have nominated him for that. Sports. Congratulations to Rick Pitino on yet another nomination. I mean, the Academy really loves Rick Pitino. Next up, the next nomination for excellence in journalism, we have Jay Williams, the artist formerly known as Jason Williams, saying Duke could beat the Cavaliers. He said this right before. Mm-hmm. Duke went on to lose to Gonzaga, playing in the Maui Invitational, and the Cavs went on to beat the 76ers and the Rockets. I remember this. Two, two very good teams in the NBA, if you don't keep up with the NBA, in the next two games. Congratulations, Jay Congratulations Williams. Excellent journalism. Literally the exact same day he said that Duke lost to Gonzaga, and then the Cavs won, and they beat two playoff teams in a row. It was, it was it the was classic amazing. Alabama beat the Browns, right. and it was trying to do that with this Duke team, yep. and, uh, and it's gone. gone. <laughs> uh, moving on. ESPN's coverage of Duke has been nominated for excellence in journalism. Duffy from the Canada tour to the earn everything to all things Zion Williamson to Jay Williams saying, I guess this is kind of overlap. This is interesting that they, Jay, Jay must so not be included. so specific with yeah. the moments that it yeah. had to be okay. separated. I appreciate the Academy for doing that. There you go. All right. Well, there's, there's the other nominee. Next up, we have uh, the next nominee for excellence in journalism. We have CBS's Zion cam. Mm, love this camera. Love that. Love being able to see nothing but Zion for two straight hours. That is what I tune in for when I watch basketball. Congratulations, CBS, on the nomination there. Uh, also want to nominate the guy who filmed <laughs> Coach K lighting. <laughs> the guy who filmed Coach K lighting the menorah during Hanukkah on Duke's campus, and Coach K gave like the weirdest sound bites you've ever heard of. Oh, my God. Please go look up that video. The Academy does not provide it right now, but it, but it will definitely be out in the world. You should go check that out. It also led to me bringing up the story of the Maccabees and botching it uh, to the yeah. fullest extent. Uh, so I appreciate the Academy awarding Coach K for that moment and the guy who filmed it. Uh, next up, uh, the next uh, nominee for Excellence in Journalism, we have Graham Couch, a friend of the program, leaving 
the top three teams off the AP ballot and then telling us he doesn't even want his AP vote This anyway. is my pick. This has to be my pick. This is the funniest moment in, in college basketball media when he was on our podcast. And the whole reason we have him on is to defend his ballot. And he was... He had so much honor in his ballot and like, here's why. And I'm so principled and structured and I've really thought about this and I have this algorithm and on and on and on. And so he defends why he leaves the top three teams in the country off of his ballot completely. And then he slips in there at the end. He's like, I don't even want this stupid vote. I've been trying to get rid of it for years. Uh, too perfect. That is that is journalism at its finest. Uh, also nominated for excellence in journalism is LeBron's HBO documentary called Student Athlete, where he explain to the to the american people that college athletes are not paid but tate this is crazy and this is what i learned through this documentary the adults like the administrators and the ncaa themselves they're actually making a lot of money yes from co- from college sports so very eye-opening stuff there from LeBron James. We really appreciate that. This LeBron. documentary enlightened us to the the recruiting decision made by Nick Richards to go to play basketball in Kentucky. We mm-hmm. learned that he went to Kentucky because he likes the color blue. He likes blue. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I thank you for that journalism. Next up, next nominee for Excellence Journalism, we have Jay Billis calling the head of the Alabama High School Athletic Association to tell him he's wrong. He's he wrong. Saying, he's wrong. He's wrong. About it's M- wrong. Mayora? Mayori? Mayori Davenport. Mayori Davenport. Yeah. The 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 yeah. The, we, we remember that saga. The the, the I remember the saga. Was was deemed ineligible and Jay wrote this long he wrote he writes this long article yes. where he's quoting the uh the Alabama High School Athletic Association director because he he called him and was like, Sir, explain yourself. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Uh, so great journalism there, Jay. Get on the phones. Um, ne- ne- our next nominee is Michael Avenatti's tweet. You got to say it right. It's Avenatti. Avenatti? Because he calls himself like Gotti. Oh, he's Avenatti. It's Avenatti. It? Like, Adi's like Gotti now. All right. Our next nominee is Michael Avenatti. <laughs> I feel like he would be. I, I, I want him on the podcast to explain that what he said. So we need to treat him right. Uh, his, his tweet read, and Duke, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That is now he's tweeted a lot of stuff. He said a lot of stuff, but the academy it says here we the academy wants, yes. academy wants to make it clear that the only thing being nominated is this one tweet that said and Duke dot dot dot. Yes, so uh, great journalism there. We really appreciate that. I, uh, I appreciate the specificity <laughs> of the academy as well. I appreciate them being very specific with all things. The next nominee that we have for excellence in journalism is a colleague of ours, a man who came on the program with us, Mr. John Gonzalez, traveling all the way to Greece. To hang out with his best buddy, uh-huh. Coach Rick Pitino. Un- un- unbelievable job. Wrote a great story on Rick Pitino. G- g- gave us a lot of nuggets. Go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't listened to it, folks. Uh, also nominated is the holy trinity of bag-dropping journalism over at Yahoo. Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, and Dan Wetzel for just, just they keep they keep stoking the flames and keep this thing alive for us. We really appreciate that work, the work they're doing. Every so often, I need to see that gavel and that basketball on the top of a story on Yahoo and it just keeps me alive. You know, if I go too long without it, I, I needed a sustenance and uh, they're, they're keeping the wheels turning and we really appreciate that. Speaking of sustenance, that goes to our next nominee in excellence in journalism. And that is the former athletic director for your NC state Wolfpack, mm-hmm. oh, uh, an AD that thrived on the pack pride mm-hmm. message boards an AD Debbie Yao, who came out and explained why NC state should be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. And she said that they were eight and nine against tier one and tier two teams. Didn't mention the fact that they had lost to all the tier one teams yep. and had beaten the tier two teams and, you know, had a few grammatical character errors in the piece with theirs and, you know, all sorts mm-hmm. of other things. But for the most part, Debbie Yao goes on and uh, explains why NC state should be in the tournament. The funniest part of the whole thing now, looking back and I'm looking at the Academy now is Auburn, the best win that they had mm-hmm. for their resume, and, and something that they argued throughout the year that that was a good win. Yeah, and Made no one wanted run. to hear it. Everyone's Nobody like, That's wanted not to hear it. They win. dismissed them. Auburn makes a run to the Final Four with mm. Chuma. Who knows? Maybe they win the mm. national championship. Mm. So NC State would have been completely validated and vindicated, and so would Debbie Yao. So congratulations, Debbie Yao. Excellence in journalism. You were right. Writing a letter saying we should be in the tournament was... Uh, and then stepping down in May. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then reti- <laughs> stepping down. Uh, finally, our final nominee is Mike Francesa saying Virginia... <laughs> <laughs> Saying Virginia will never win a title, will never win a national championship. Their style cannot work in March. It will never work. Uh, he said this two months before they won a national championship. So uh, congratulations to all the nominees. And refused to acknowledge. that He's yes. still refusing. And still refusing. Yes. And Ty Jerome goes on his program, and he still refuses. Um, congratulations to all the nominees. Wow. That's an extensive There can list. only be one winner. And the Duffy goes too. Kyle Guy's letters wow. to himself on Facebook. Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It's a great story. It, it brings it full circle. Um, what 
He's calling in. Oh, and, and here to accept his award. He's calling in. We have Kyle Guy calling in. Here to accept his award is uh, the man himself, Kyle Guy. All right, here to accept his Duffy Award is the man, the myth, the legend himself, the most outstanding player in the 2019 NCAA tournament, Tate. I, I cannot believe that this is happening, and I cannot believe we, we have him on the line. Our guy. Our guy. The guy. Kyle Guy. National champion Kyle Guy. That's the first thing I want to ask you, Kyle, is how does that sound? To know that for the rest of your life, people will be like, national, this is national champion Kyle Guy. You should just introduce yourself to people as that. <laughs> Oh man, I wish I could, but that's not that's not how I roll. It doesn't even feel real, to be honest. I, uh, uh, you know, I'm very uh, fortunate to be in this situation, and I'm really happy. But again, it really doesn't even feel real yet. I know that it must be an honor to win a Duffy. That's obviously what you were given <laughs> yeah, the, the, the acceptance award that's for. That's what right? I'm saying. It doesn't feel real. This is, <laughs> it this doesn't is feel real. a dream come true. <laughs> uh, but going back to that, you wrote the letters to yourself. I mean, obviously, we know the whole story about the 16th seed and, and the redemption that comes from that. But you write these letters, and you come back to the national championship game, and you you get validated, vindicated, whatever word you want to use. But what was, the, what was that process for you to actually write those letters to yourself to be uh, and to I, decide to put them public, to publicly publish them and all that. So you obviously must have uh, known you guys are really going to be good this year and going to go for the national championship, right? Right, right. <laughs> um, so basically, you know, I was dealing with all that stuff from last year. And uh, my fiance thought it would be a good idea to read them down. And then she, you know, it was her idea to make them go public. So I, uh, you know, I was a little scared at first. I didn't know how it was going to be received. Um but it went really well. I was glad I did it. Um, hopefully it helped a few people along the way and to be able to, you know, go through that lowest of low and then, you know, the very next year set a goal to to be on the highest of highs and to accomplish it, it, it means the world. It's unbelievable that it, that it all worked out. Did you, so you, you were leaning into the UMBC thing all year too because uh, we were following you on, on Twitter. Your profile picture was the, the picture of you, you know, kind of just being sad about the loss. Um, you were retweeting everything when when Duke tried to have uh, KJ Mara KJ Mara to the game. You were you seemed to really embrace that. Was there any part of you? I mean, obviously that was fuel for your run to the title. And and uh, I, I mean, you can stop me if I'm wrong, but I think if you guys don't lose to UMBC, you probably don't win the national championship. There, there's I'm sure there's a lot of that going on. Um, but did any small part of you in the back of your mind think, what if this goes wrong? What if like like what would this look like if I'm leaning into the UMBC thing or cause cause it, you just felt so confident about it the whole year that like, this is feel, this happened for a reason. We're going to use this for good. Um, but Tate and I were, we're, we're always like wondering, we're like, man, I hope this works out for him. Cause if they, if they lose again or, or if something happens, like I, 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 I shudder to think how sad he'll be. Um, did that yeah, ever enter your uh, mind? Um, you know, to be honest, not really. I think, um, we really tried to embrace what happened and uh I mean you said it best we tried to use it for good and feel confident in it and you know not shy away um you know we knew the media was gonna make a big deal about it anyways and of course it was the first time that's ever happened and we we're on the wrong side of history but uh, we made it a point that we wanted to be on the right side of history this year and um yeah and coaches used that that kind of motto the whole year that if you Use adversity, right? You know, buy your ticket to a place you couldn't have gone any other way. So you're exactly right. I'm not sure that we do win a national championship without that happening, but that's why we had, you know, the most faithful wins, and then we had faith that it all happened for a reason. You mentioned the media, and how much fun have you had? I know Ty Jerome, uh, you know, your boy Ty has been going. Uh, he went on Francesa and had some <laughs> words. You know, how much how much fun have you guys had just watching all the media members who have said, Virginia can't win playing this type of basketball. These guys aren't good enough to do it in March. I mean, to I think Ty's been having the most yeah, fun. Ty, Ty's like, definitely having a great time. Pat Forty. Yeah, yeah. To, to watch all these guys eat crow. I mean, it, is there a little bit of satisfaction that I know that's not the main reason, but it has to be a little bit fun because you guys obviously have been so good for so long. I think it was 85 and 19, six seasons for Virginia and the ACC, the best conference in basketball. So you obviously knew how good you were the whole time, but then to finally to, to see and get to this point, I mean, it, it's got to be enjoyable at some level, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are having fun with it. We're trying to cherish the moment. Um, you know, obviously we've had people doubt us our entire lives. And, uh, you know, not to mention just at UVA. So Coach gets probably the most uh, shit at anybody. And, you know, to... To be able to shut his critics up uh, means a lot. You know, they did say we couldn't win in March, and now they can't take this away from us. So uh, definitely enjoying it, you know, um, 
you know, Ty tries to be very like sarcastic and blunt with his uh, <laughs> what he was saying the you know freezing cold takes or whatever. So that was yeah. awesome to see. But um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of opportunities to to continue doing that. Um, I want to I want to go through the run to the national championship. Uh, that this was beyond the story of you guys last year and this year and all that stuff. Like, it, no matter the name on the front of your jerseys, this would have been one of the greatest runs ever. Um, regardless of all the other stuff. Uh, so I just want to talk about like the basketball games and the actual run that you guys go on. And you're down at halftime to Gardner Webb. What was it like in the locker room at halftime, knowing what happened last year? And uh, is, is that even on your minds? Is uh you know, you know, like what, what, what was, what was that whole scene like at halftime? Because outside of the, as I'm sure you know, outside, all of us watching, like Twitter's going nuts, everyone's losing their minds. Like, is it happening again? Um, but what was it like for you guys that first game? Yeah, absolutely. He said it. I mean, you know, it was in our heads. We were like, wow, this, like, you know, it could happen again, and and it was in all of our minds. But I think we did a better job this year of uh, not panicking. Uh, yeah. Like, Last season, we got down about 10 14 the same, and we just, you know, tried to make a home run play to make up for it. Um, and we started panicking and, you know, just never got in the groove, and, and it really affected us. But this year, we just handled our business, buckled down, left it all on the floor, and, you know, uh, the, the ball started bouncing our way. We started hitting some shots and getting some stops. So. And then we started seeing the the Virginia brand of basketball that you guys have played forever as far as like dominating and running through the ACC. That started, you know, happening. But as we get to the Purdue game, we get to the Elite Eight game, you're going against a guy, Carson Edwards, who seemingly cannot miss. I mean, he is everything yeah. that he throws up in the, in, the, in the air goes in. Obviously, you know a little bit about the Purdue situation and the, that whole, you know, university trying to get over the hump. You're an Indiana guy, Mr. Basketball from Indiana. And I just have to ask you about the pass that Kihei Clark, when he throws it up the floor to Diakite there at the end, you were open. You were open, Kyle. You were open, Kyle. Did did you want the ball there? Were you mad that Clark there, didn't make the pass? Yeah, because you're clutch. Is you there tension between you guys? Like, what's <laughs> what, what's happening there? There was there was absolutely no tension. You know, he looked me off, and I was like, "Well, I mean, this little this little child better make a good play." <laughs> <laughs> and then he looked off Ty, and he was open too, and just threw a rifle to Mamadi. And you know, when you think of like Virginia hitting. You know, a game winner, you would think, you know, Ty or Dre um, or myself. And, you know, the unlikely heroes ended up being, uh, you know, two of the, the best players on our team and two of the re- main reasons why we won the national championship. They were great all tournament long. And then Braxton stepped up in the, turn- in the championship. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were getting as much out of those guys as we got all year. And that was fantastic. What was it like playing against Carson Edwards and knowing he was making everything and then on the other end, you were hot for most mm-hmm. of that game, um, and it felt like we were. I was worried as I was watching, uh, just because I I just worry all the time when I watch basketball. But like, I was like, man, I hope Kyle doesn't try to match what Carson Edwards is doing. How do you resist that to to where you start getting hot and then you're playing against Carson Edwards, who's making literally everything he's throwing up? So how do you on your end not try to one up him or say like I can shoot just as well? I'm just as hot. Uh, how do you resist that yeah. temptation? You know, we've been playing a certain way the whole year, and that's unselfish basketball. It's just whatever the shot is. Uh, even when people are on fire, you know, if it if it means making an extra pass, then you know we do that. It doesn't mean we don't heat check every once in a while, <laughs> but um, you know, Carson had one of the best performances I've ever witnessed, ever seen, ever been a part of. So, um, and the crazy part was was that we were playing very good defense on him for the most part. He was not hitting each shot. Yeah. Um, he was shooting them deep. He was shooting them, you know, contested hands all up in his mouth. You know, it was just, it was crazy. But for our team to withstand that, that blow all game and then, you know, make something happen and win in overtime was a testament to our growth from last year. That was, that was like the worst game in Indiana basketball history, I think, for, for fans of IU to watch an Indiana Mr. Basketball going nuts <laughs> in the Elite Eight against Purdue. Uh, that that was tough. All my family from Indiana was just like, man, this is this is a really tough watch. So I have to ask you because every other great recruit from Indiana that we've had on this podcast, it's the question everyone wants to know is why did you not go to Indiana? And you don't have to elaborate that much, but I have to do my journalistic duty and ask the question. Yeah, so, you know, I was a kid that obviously grew up in Indiana. There's, you know, three things on your mind. It's, you know, basketball, it's, Winning Mr. Basketball, and it's, uh, you know, 
going to IU on the candy stripes on. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, obviously it was in my mind and I would have loved to, to play at home. I loved Coach Painter and really enjoyed Purdue's team. I loved IU, um, you know, and Butler just didn't really have the coaching stability that I wanted. So, um, I just knew that there was going to be a feeling in my stomach when I was at the right place. And, uh, you know, when, when Coach Benning got a hold of me, there was no turning back. The jury's still out on whether you made the right decision, Tate, right? Like, I don't know, I don't know if this is going to work out or not. <laughs> Let, let's go. Oh, how about the, what, what other games we got to talk about? You want to talk about the Auburn one? Yeah, I want to talk about the Auburn game because uh, it is funny. You talk about Indiana, and then you got Ty being in New York, and you talk about the Indiana Pacers and the New York Knicks. And we remember Reggie Miller, mm-hmm. eight points in nine seconds. Well, now, right. while the new story is now we got six points in five seconds, which is what you did. You know, you hit the big three. Uh, the first three to kind of get you, keep you guys in the game. And then, of course, we remember the foul, foul when Samir Dowdy goes up and you hit the three free throws. Can you just walk us through, I mean, in, in your mind, being down in that game, obviously you've just been down in the Purdue game. You guys have gotten over that hump and made it happen. But to, to hit the three before and then to go up, as you're, as you're going up for that final three, did you expect to get the whistle? Once you heard the whistle, did you even hear the whistle? And then when you go to the free throw line, you know you have to make three free throws. What was that process like? Because, man, uh, watching on the, the two of us, I mean, we're losing our minds. People thought that we were real Virginia fans at that point. But yeah. we, uh, we, we were just pulling for Kyle Guy uh, to come through, and he did uh, on the biggest well, stage. thank you. You know, Coach called a great play. We've been running this little, you know, elevator action. Come off a screen at the top of the key and then run a corner. And I've been shooting that for, for three years now, so. Uh, it was a shot I was comfortable with, and I, and I hit it. And then, um, obviously, things had to go our way. They missed a free throw. Um, and then, you know, we advanced the ball. We run another play that we always had in our back pocket. And it was either for Dre um, underneath the basket, uh, stealing his man, or it was for me in the corner, and I kind of broke loose. Um, they tried to top me, so I went underneath the screen as opposed to over it. And I got a shot. I called a foul, and I'm just thinking, like, all right, this is my chance, you know. Again, what do you do when you when you live in Indiana? You, you think about making the big shots for your team and, and losing basketball and all that stuff. So, you know, everything's racing racing through my head. But I actually wanted to kind of relish what was um, what was at stake. I wanted to know that there's you know seventy five thousand people watching and, and more on TV. Like I wanted to know what the what the what it meant. And I kind of just told myself, I'm either making one of these or all three of them. So there, there was there was no tying in my head. Mm. Mm. Wow, sixty three, sixty two. So you did it. Oh, I'm 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 honestly getting chills just reliving it, dude. Like I I uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to. I can't imagine what it must be like to be you guys because I I've been. Um, I don't know. I, I've just been following the Virginia arc for so long and following you. Like I, I, I talk on the show all the time, like Tate, that any, anybody that played in Indiana just has my heart forever. And I will always cheer for Indiana guys. So just like the fact that you go to Virginia and I kind of like the Virginia style, like just following the whole thing gives me chill. I cannot imagine what it must be like to be you. Like it worked out, dude. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I trust you understand that, but there's going to be a point in your life maybe a month from now, two months from now, three months from now, where you just look back uh, 10 years from now where you look back and you're like, I can't believe that all worked out. Like you, you lose to the 16 seed and you just build this whole thing. Like we're going to get stronger from this. And we're going to go on the rafting trip that uh, was, was hilarious. Yeah, can we it's talk about famous. that picture? Yeah. How, how did that picture come about, Kyle? Which picture is this? The, the, the whitewater rafting trip that is now becoming like the, the pivotal moment in, in Virginia basketball lore. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> he wants us to forget. You know, yeah. <laughs> Coach is just, you know, trying to do whatever it took to, to make us closer as a team and obviously uh, be able to move past what happened. And we did a lot of stuff like that. And he, you know, he swears he was laying in the river, which, uh, you know, ironically, it was one of the oldest rivers in the entire world. The New River, I think it's called or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he used that as a point of reference and said that he was just thinking about what this team could accomplish. And then we get to Minneapolis, and they give us paddles that say Final Four on it. And he's like, oh, man, this is this is a sign. And then we, you know, fight. I, I think I saw something at ESPN. We were down like three or more with 15 seconds left in all of our last three games and ended up winning. So it was just a testament to our resiliency. God's plan. That's what it was. It's unbelievable. It's just, I, I, I yeah, I don't know, man. We couldn't be happy for you. Um, 
It was an incredible run. I'm so astounded. I mean, you talked about all the different kind of heroes. I mean, DeAndre Hunter, when he hits that three, you guys are down three in a 68-65. And when Ty goes and he's going to the basket, I mean, do you think he's going to go for two there? Or, or is that or is that something that you guys, I mean, everything seems so composed and calm in every decision. And when Ty kicks it out and DeAndre hits that three and we're going to overtime, I mean, even the timeout, when you tried to call timeout and the ball goes out of bounds, I mean, running through my, I mean, how did you guys kind of, you kept composure in every situation and it always felt like every, every moment was the big moment. And yet there was somehow another bigger moment on the other side of it uh, throughout the national championship game. But I guess since you had been there, right, that, that it worked out. Yeah, it's, it was insane, all the things that, you know, kind of had to go right. That's why we call it March Madness. Um, <laughs> you know, all year we did a great job of trying to, uh, from Coach Bayer all the way down to our last player on the bench, just, you know, trying to calm us contagious. So we just tried to, you know, stay calm under pressure and uh, make the right reads, make the right plays, and never give up. And that was something that you know, drove us the whole year, uh, not just the NCAA tournament, but it was definitely on full display. Uh the past three weeks. You guys basically became the Cardiac Cavaliers. Yeah. It's, yeah, okay. I heard that. I kind of like that. I had the ring on it. I like it. All right. Thank you so much, Kyle. We we will let you get back. Go get some sleep. Go uh, go walk around Charlottesville and just wave at people. How, what, what's that been like? You're just walking around. I'm sure it's just you, you guys are rock stars. You were already rock stars on that campus, I know. But um, I, I'm, is, has that been an enjoyable experience or are you starting to get exhausted from it? I, uh, you know, it comes with the territory and, um, you know, I'm going to do a national I've had to stay after a few classes to take some pictures, but that's uh, you know, all worth it. Where are you going to put your Duffy when we send it to you in the mail? <laughs> are you going to put it next to your most outstanding player well, yeah. trophy, or, or yeah. where? That, that has a that has a spot in the top shelf. Uh, all right, man. Hey, thanks so much. I'm going to be in Charlottesville on Saturday for the for the party. So uh, I'll be the guy. I'll be the guy waving at you, saying Kyle, Kyle. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you hear someone <laughs> trying to get your attention, that's me. Um, no, uh, it, enjoy the celebration, man. Soak this in for not just today, not just this week, the rest of your life, dude. Like this is this story is unbelievable. It's incredible. Uh, we were rooting for you every step of the way, and it really means a lot that in the wake of your celebration, you take some time to talk to us. So. Thanks, man. We're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to figure out the uh, what we do. We, we, I don't know if you're aware. We do a Kyle guy segment on the podcast where we give the update on what you're up to, and I think like it might be time to retire it. I think yeah. this is the pinnacle of it. He came on the pod. He won most outstanding player. Tate. I think that might be it. You were officially the Kyle guy of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Kyle guy. <laughs> oh man, that's great. I've heard nothing but good things about the pod, so I'm, I'm happy to be here. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to part one of One Shining Podcast's second annual Duffy Awards. We will be back next week with our conclusion featuring such awards as Headline of the Year, Coach K Disciple of the Year, Good Guy of the Year, Bad Guy of the Year, Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, and even Guest of the Year, which better be me, Jim Cunningham. And we also have a very special in-memoriam segment. So be sure to listen next week.